Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The Those Birds Can Play Golf Better Than I Can and Those Fake Monkeys Are Pretty Good Riders Too edition. I mean, what am I even doing? <laughs> of course animals are better than me <laughs> at everything. I'm not surprised at all. Animals, y'all, they can do stuff so much better than us. <laughs> pretty, Remember the yeah. time the, the animals had like their own medicines? Yes. It sounded great. Yeah. It sounded great. We deal with healthcare and like bullshit yeah. and stuff. They're they're fucking using sticks and, and feeling better. <laughs> it's awesome. That's, that's right. It's awesome. It is awesome. And today is in between 084. Cockatoos can play miniature golf. Of course they can. And virtual monkeys create works of Shakespeare. <sighs> I mean... Is that not the best title? It's not. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever heard, and I still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense, but I'm so excited for you to tell me why. Uh, uh, yes, well, I'm Jill Chacha, and I'm with <laughs> just the confused Marissa Riley. <laughs> me. I'm literally scratching my head right now. Um, I'm confused, but I am so freaking excited. This sounds like an awesome episode. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I really clearly <laughs> had no idea what we were going to talk about today. I still don't, um, but I'm so excited to join my listeners That's right. as we figure out what this is. What the fuck this is. But first, but first, we have to give a the biggest shout out and the biggest fucking thank you to Mary. Mary! Mary! What a hero. Mary the hero uh, for becoming our newest, freshest, badassest monthly supporter. She's amazing. So, round of applause to Mary. Round of applause for Mary. She's you. a badass. She's my mentor. <laughs> um, in case you don't know... We've said that a couple times. If you yeah. don't know what that means, basically Liza Minnelli was on the Home Shopping Network once <laughs> and and she was having a better time than any of us ever will. <laughs> and right. someone called in and said, Liza, you're my mentor. She said, oh, you're my mentor too. <laughs> so when we call someone a mentor, it's a it's very big... Liza Minnelli moment. Liza Minnelli compliment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Mary... You're Liza Minnelli. Yes. <laughs> You're our Liza Minnelli, too. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess uh, we should begin, I guess, with this cockatoo stuff. We definitely Virtual should. monkeys with the Shakespeare. Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my friends, today is the day we finally answer questions that have plagued humankind for ages. Can cockatoos play golf? And how long would it take for... Monkeys banging away at their own typewriter to randomly create every work of Shakespeare. I mean, the essential questions of Absolutely. the universe. One and two. Yep. That's it. Uh, now, the cockatoos we'll talk about today are very real and very cute. Oh. Uh, some are even too smart for their own good. Oh, my God. Uh, but the monkeys will be virtual. Okay, that's uh, fine. Because, honestly, the only way to find out if an infinite number of monkeys, given an infinite amount of time, can complete that kind of project is through AI simulation. Naturally. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Luckily, someone had their own amount of free time uh, and figured it out for us if this could be done. So good for them. We'll, we'll get to them. Good yeah. for them. <laughs> Sounds like they didn't have sex for a long time. And they use, they use that power to their advantage. Mm -hmm. I'm not making fun of them. No. They, um, yeah. Let's move on. Anyway. So. 
Uh, yeah, we'll get into that in the second half of the show. In the meantime, let's begin with some birds who figured out how to play miniature golf. Amazing. And what that means exactly for us, shall we? Does it have... Of course we shall. But does it have to mean anything? Can't... <laughs> miniature golf mean anything no but no. do we do it yes yes so why, why shouldn't birds yeah. do it too That's and why right. shouldn't some scientists i'm assuming some scientists yeah think like hey what, how great would it be if, yeah. if birds played golf yeah let's just have some fucking fun yeah i'm they, positive there's a meaning though they they had so much fucking fun that's and we have video to prove it and we're gonna watch it didn't we have another animal play um yeah. Some sort of game at some point. We had pigs, pigs. play video games. The and they best. had the, a fucking ball. Fucking ball. I highly recommend listening to that episode. It's way back, but it was like such a delight yeah. because, dude, animals love games too. That's right. It's the we're best. All, we're, we're all gamers, except we're me. All, I don't play games. <laughs> I don't play games either. I so. play Netflix. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> all right. So, uh, my friends, tool use in the animal kingdom is rare. But it exists. Mm. We've all seen it. Uh, chimps, for example. We've seen that video of them in the wild using a stick to fish out termites from a tree. You yep. know the one I'm talking about. Of course. That's right. In fact. Classic. <laughs> 32 species of primates have been documented using an object to solve some kind of problem. Because they're awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, and as for our non-primate buddies, yeah, they're fucking tool savvy. Uh, elephants and dolphins. Yeah. Sea otters and octopi all use tools. I could speak all use tools. All <laughs> all use tools. All use tools. All use tools. All use tools. Uh, let's not <laughs> let's not forget our crow friends who can whittle down a stick of their own to impale a tasty bug larva or a grab, whatever the fuck they want. Amazing. Uh, in fact, after today, we can now add cockatoos to the list of birds that are intelligent enough to figure out how to use something in their environment uh, to get whatever the fuck they want. Amazing. Put yeah. it on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Put that it. whole paragraph on a pillow. <laughs> How inspirational. Uh, let's head on. Let's head on down to Masurli Research Institute in Vienna's University of Veterinary Medicine. Oh, let us. Let us. Let's do it. Uh, specifically, we're in the Goffin Lab oh. of the Institute. Uh, Goffin being the type of cockatoo we're about to talk about. Fun. Now, when I say imagine a classic cockatoo. Yeah. yeah. That's a goffin cockatoo. Oh. They're, they're white, love to dance. They perk their feathers up when they're feeling the groove. Yeah. You know the ones, Oh, right? yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or they perk their feathers up when knocking down a pyramid of plastic cups. <gasps> YouTube Harley the cockatoo to see what I mean. I remember. Yeah. It is the best. It, dude, it, it, what a catharsis, yeah. you know? It's, it, it's so satisfying, too. She's so happy. Yeah. To just to destroy things. I, I feel like if you like <laughs> war movies, you will love Harley the cockatoo. It's just exploding things. It's amazing. She's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, it was here in the Goffin lab. A graduate student was doing what graduate students do best, uh, sitting, watching, and taking notes. Yeah. On this very special day, this student was observing observing Figaro. Amazing name for a bird. Right. One of over a dozen adorably named cockatoos. And yeah, we're going to go through all their fucking names. Yes! <laughs> In a minute. So. Yes! Figaro was playing with his favorite rock and having the goddamn time of his life when it fell through the outer grid of the aviary. Now, oh, no. I know. Lo and behold, the student saw Figaro look around, choose a loose stick that happened to be laying about, and, you guessed it, 
Use the stick to reach out and push the rock back into the aviary. What a genius. Yeah. What a genius. I don't think I could have figured that out. <laughs> I think I would have cried and, and called you. We just would have Amazoned a new rock. What do I do? <laughs> just get a new rock. Yeah, just, just Amazon buy, a new rock. Buy a new rock. That's what a human would do. Google it. Yeah, yeah we, we Google things now. We, don't, we can't use sticks anymore. <laughs> so, voila. Tool use. Uh, just to make sure this wasn't a fluke, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what little test happened next and what bigger test was about to begin. I would absolutely love to talk more about Figaro, my new best friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, I got very excited about Figaro's behavior because, or um, so, I got, I'm going to start it again. I drank too much coffee. Sorry, Jill. That's okay. All right. Quote, I got very excited about Figaro's behavior. So we decided to put a nut where the stone had been. Alice Osberg, head of the Goffin Lab, told Live Science. Instead of using the stick again, Figaro pulled a bit of material from the enclosure itself and used it to quickly retrieve the nut. Mm -hmm. Since these first observations, scientists in Osberg's lab... Os yeah, it's weird. Osberg? Nailed it. Apologies, uh, Miss Osberg. Uh, in Osberg's lab have documented examples of tool use in 14 of the lab's cockatoos, plus examples from wild populations. However, these examples involved single tools, like a stick or a rock. The question was now, uh, can cockatoos use compound tools, which is when two or more objects are used together for a common goal, and quote, mm -hmm. like golf. Like golf, baby. Like golf. <laughs> two tools accomplishing a task. <laughs> which would, is arguable. <laughs> golf. <laughs> Uh, that's right, my friends. One stick, one tool. That's neat. But can these bird brains use multiple things and take multiple steps to get those sweet, sweet nuts, for example? I don't know, can I? Yeah. <laughs> so Antonio Osuna Mascaro from the University of Veterinary Medicine. Well, Antonio wanted to find out, but he had a bit of a problem. Okay. Uh, most of the tests that already exist to test for compound tool use are made for primates oh. who have hands, fingers, arms, not wings and claws, and pointy little beaks. So shit's not fair. That's not fair at all. Yeah. They have a totally different whole getup. Getup. Whole new yes. getup. Yeah. Quote, this means he couldn't simply put the birds through tests designed for primates, many of them which also have opposable thumbs. I didn't want I didn't want to test their bodily limitations, said Antonio to Live Science, but instead their limitations cognitive, cognitively. <laughs> cognitively. Cognitively. I'm, I'm on a roll. It's uh, who can talk on a Sunday, you know? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> End quote. So having no test to administer, he'd have to design one himself. Cool. From scratch. Cool. Which means, you guessed it, he did what most of us would do in a situation. Procrastinate and stare out the window. Been there. Oh, yeah. How, how I have stared yes. out of many windows, not doing anything. That's right. Uh, luckily, I shit you not. The Goffin Lab is located right next to a golf course, oh. which, led and, which led to Antonio's eureka moment and this adorable new obstacle. Well, now uh, I wish I could see all of the other outcomes, depending on what would have been outside the window. Oh, God, yeah. Like, what, what if there was a laser tag center? Outside of the window, and they made the birds play laser tag. Oh. Uh, I think we have to 
stop the podcast yeah. and find some birds and tiny lasers. <laughs> what do you think? I think, yep. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Okay. Thanks, <laughs> y'all. Bye. Uh, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what you see in this photo. Uh, please describe to us the box, what the bird is doing, uh, and we're going to go into the finer details of how this all works because we have a video and shit, but Amazing. please tell us your initial thoughts. Uh, this photo and all photos will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by and see these birds play miniature golf. Yay. Yay, here it is. Yay. Oh. Yeah, oh, a- I see it. Okay, ah. okay. So at first glance, it looks like the bird is trying to get um, someone out of like a saw movie um, <laughs> instrument. But I realize that's not at all what's happening here. Don't listen to me. Okay, so basically what it is, is there's a bird standing in front of like a little wood box. And um, the box is is, uh, open towards the bird diorama style. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. And then there's um, some metal mesh Mm -hmm. on the opening. And then there's a little hole in that mesh. And then... Inside of the box, there is a little green putting field, teeny tiny, with a little white golf ball and a little hole that goes in that the bird has to use a stick, a.k.a. the club, to poke through with its beak and hit the ball. Did that That explain the picture well? Perfectly. (laughs) Fucking art. Amazing. Sorry about the saw misdirection. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Uh, That's right, my friends. Since cockatoos have no problem using a stick to swat at round objects, they're naturally prepared to play a round of miniature golf. Amazing. Uh, Now for this test, like you said, Dr. Marissa, one side of the wooden box is replaced with a wire mesh or chicken wire, and there is a small hole in the center. Now the bird needs to put the golf ball through that hole to place it on the green. Okay. Um, and the wire also has two rectangular sections on either side where a bird can poke the stick through and swat at the ball. Amazing. Uh, the goal here is to make a hole in one. Uh, once it falls into the hole, the golf ball would then knock into a treat, releasing their favorite nut. Oh, okay. Yes. So they're going to get good at this. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So we have a stick, we have a ball. These are multiple steps. This is very much a compound tool test situation. We're Amazing. ready. We are we're so, so fucking ready. We're fucking ready. We're shadow <laughs> shadow boxing. <laughs> no one could see what I just did. They felt it though. They felt it. <laughs> felt it. Moving on. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> now, eleven bird athletes were chosen to see if they could figure out and perform this pretty complicated task. I Amazing. would say, Amazing. Uh, my friends, it's time. May I introduce our starting lineup? Or I know it's a baseball thing, but work with me. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Our star of the show, Figaro, is involved. Fuck yeah, Figaro. That's right. There's also Finny and Pippin. Adorable. Heidi and Muppet. Obsessed. Kiwi and Zozo. I love it. Money Penny and Mayday. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> and last but not least, Doolittle. Yes. And and get this, Dr. Marissa Conrad with a K. Shut up! Yeah. yeah. That's the name of my dad, not to brag, Conrad with a K. We did the K thing before the Kardashians. We were the OG, and we were actually cool about it. That's right. I like how you have a note in your notes to banter about that. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Pulling back the curtain behind the scenes. BTS. (laughs) More shadow boxing. (laughs) My God. (laughs) I'll chill out. 
So, how did they do? Drum roll, please.、Mm. They did fucking great. Ah,、oh, I、yes. knew it! Let's check out some video and then get to some specifics. 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 <laughs> I'm doing great. Specifics, what do you say? Let's、right. do it. So, this video is provided by the study, a study titled、uh, Inno- Innovative Compound Tool Use by Goff and Cockatoos.、Uh, it was published in the January issue of Nature. But if members of the flock want to play along with these birds, just search Cockatoos Miniature Golf Study. And so many articles will come up. Oh my God. Because everyone wants to see cockatoos play golf. <laughs> of course they do. Okay, so、uh, the first bird on screen is none other than our all star Figaro. Amazing. After Figaro is Finny,、uh, who will be up to bat or swing or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't do the sport. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what they're doing、okay. and how differently each bird. Approaches this task. The、okay? nuances? The nuances. Happy to describe. Absolutely.、Uh, this video is really great not only because of content, but it pauses at,、oh. it,、uh, at certain important moments and has captions pointing out what awesome shit is taking place, basically, that, we should, no- that we should notice. Excellent. So、um, my favorite question for whenever、yeah. we watch a video would you like me to read the captions or would you like me to create my own? <laughs> Both. Both. Okay, you, you got it. My favorite answer. You got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so、uh, yeah, feel free to read, read those captions.、Uh, it happens really quick. These birds are fucking pros. Amazing. So we can play it as many times as we need.、Are. All right, I'm pulling it up. That is a dog. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. Up, up first is Figaro. All right, here we go. Here we go. Okay, Figaro walks up. He, he takes the little stick. He drops it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> We're getting back. All right, he picks up the ball. He is inserting the ball into the cage. Ball insertion, visual observation of the ball, something. Okay. <laughs> Should I pause it?、Uh, yes. I don't know what it just said, but basically, he was able to kind of look at the ball, look at the、um, box, and then put the ball into the box. Yeah. And. Step one. He gave it like a little side eye and he's like, oh, it's in the right spot. I can now pick up the stick, which is、yes. what he's doing right now. Like the ball is on the green. The ball is on the green. And now it's- he's picked up the stick and now he's about to put the stick in the hole. Yeah. Okay. All right. He, he put the stick in the hole. Now he's kind of. The ball. He, he's like trying to figure out where the ball is. Pause. I'm missing、yeah. all of these captions. That's okay. I don't know what the captions said. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. He swung. And, he、uh, swung and he hit the ball and it's good to go. And it was amazing because it just didn't take that long. No, we're, we're going to get into how fucking smart Figaro is. And what's interesting is like, yeah, he just, he just did a couple of little pokes and then voila. Yeah. Got the treat. Figaro's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I think they're going to show it again. Amazing. Okay. All right. Starts, yeah. So he gets the ball. So smart. It's interesting how he kind of touches everything first to、mm-hmm. like double check. All right. He sticks it in there. And he's just really like, yeah. That just didn't take long at all. That didn't take long at all. Technique. Oh my God. So、uh, this is a、uh, second bird, Finny. Finny. Okay. Finny is putting the ball into the box, picking up the stick. Okay, gripping the front end and the short end. Okay, tongue thrust for, to complete insertion. That's, so, a, that's a caption. I didn't come up with that. I didn't come up with that. 
So this isn't porn. Um, these are actual birds. That, that's our other podcast where we just narrate porn. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? I think you guys would love that. No, no one wants that. Um, well, what's interesting is Finney had a completely different style experience. of the using the stick. Yeah. Finney like a, is putting it into a completely different place. He's, yeah. u- he's using a totally different end. He's using his tongue. He's kind of looking a different way. Yeah. But yeah. the result was the same. They each had their own little little they, methodology. They each had a win. Yeah. So how did they do exactly? So let's get to the specifics. The word I can never say right the first time. All good. <laughs> Who can? Five out of the 11 birds practically half, figured out how to successfully retrieve a treat at least once. Amazing. Uh, Three of the birds, Figaro, Finney, and Pippin, had personalized techniques or a notable preference in regards to how they held and used the stick. Amazing. Uh, Like, they had their own little methods. Cute. Now, honestly, I could simply show you a picture of their styles, but I think we're going to have more fun this way instead. What do you say? I, yeah, yeah, I I love having fun. All right, so, everyone, it's imagination time. Okay. Or better yet, if you have a pen handy, use that. Grab yourself a pen. Okay, wait. Are you actually going to do it? I'm going to grab. Oh, there she goes. I'm going to grab this hairbrush. That's a little Oh, that's okay. Okay. (laughs) I don't know where pens are in this apartment. (laughs) (laughs) So something about pen sized. Uh, Stick one end of the pen in your mouth. Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't do that with the hairbrush. (laughs) Now use your tongue to push, push it against the roof of your mouth and hold it. Now try and swat something with the pen in that position. Amazing. There you go. And that was Figaro's technique. Um, and it worked so well, my friends. Get this. His first attempt took eight minutes. Amazing. Uh, but once he succeeded, his third attempt only took 64 seconds. Figaro. Yeah. What a genius. I, I feel like I've done this. I'll, I'll do the same things every day, and I just don't get better at them. <laughs> I need to be... Keep trying. Using my We're tongue not- more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, not everyone is Figaro, but hold on to your butts. Uh, you want to guess what happened during the second attempt? Um, I I yeah. could try to guess, but I think I'd rather you tell me. Okay. Uh, from LiveScience.com, quote, he figured out a way to fashion a tool that he could directly collapse the platform without playing the game. Oh! In other words, he broke the box with the stick to get the treat. <laughs> what a genius. Figaro. Figaro right. figured it out. Hey! hey. Oh, um, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's like a, instead of like figuring out an escape room, you just burn break it. Break it. Break the, break the, you just it, break it down. Ax your way through. Right. <laughs> I did it. I won. <laughs> If you learn anything on this podcast, is just break it. Break, break the it. escape room or don't go at all. Yeah, it's even better. Go get <laughs> dinner. Don't waste your time on more work. That's I'm sorry if you're into escape rooms. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good. That's good. Keep doing it. It's, it yeah. looks fun. All right. Now grab that pen one more time and hold it horizontally to your lips. All right. Put one end, like all the far end, uh, in your lips, and now use your tongue, I swear to God, to slide the pen horizontally left and right like a pool cue. Okay. Is that Finney's technique? That was Finney's technique. I, I recognize it. That's right. If you watch the video, you'll, that's... Because Finney looks like he's doing something so different. I recommend watching these videos. Yeah. They're so delightful and interesting. Um, but yeah, that was totally Finney's technique. Yeah, this exactly. Uh, Pippin's method, uh, who we didn't see, but he was the third uh, bird on that video... Pippin's method is even harder. 
if you're a human. Um, he used his foot and his toes to pick up the stick and insert it through the box. Amazing. Like uh, a little sword. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, he would then transition to his beak to direct the stick. Oh, so, so like, so like if I were to use my hand and then use my teeth to really like. Sp- yeah. Okay. Specifically. Specifically. Yeah. Angles and shit. Anyway, um, I'm going to give a shout out to Doolittle and Conrad. Uh, They had no special techniques other than swatting at the ball hard enough to smack it into the hole. So they chose violence. Good for them. them. Someone needs to. (laughs) It's about time. And if you're wondering about the other five or six birds who didn't get any treats, you might be thinking maybe they didn't figure it out. Uh, Maybe they had a hard time. It's actually way, way better than that. Um, Dr. Marissa, please tell us about two birds and their choices throughout this experiment. I would love to talk about this. All right. From the study, quote, Moneypenny and Mayday females did not change their actions and continued showing disinterest in the task. End quote. I love the women were like, I'm not doing this. I'm not not playing golf. Brad. (laughs) I'm That's not right. playing golf with you and your friends, Brad. That's, right. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Can you tell I'm, I'm so not straight? I don't know anything about this. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, they fucking refused to participate at all because they had nothing to prove. So round of applause. Money, Penny, and Mayday. Good for them. Stand up for what you like and don't like. That's right. Uh, so I know what else you're thinking. Why? fucking do all of this to begin with i mean other than it's fucking fun why should we care if birds can figure out complex tasks and how or if they can use tools uh dr marissa please tell us is this study <laughs> i can read what was that okay i broke i totally no broke. no Did no you, you, you broke that? like that box <laughs> <laughs> holy shit all right, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, is this study really just about us? I would love to <laughs> go into the deep details. <laughs> All right, from Cameron Duke of LiveScience.com, quote, Sarah Beck, a psychiatrist, it's, it's, it's contagious. contagious. It's so contagious. All right, uh, quote, Sarah Beck, a psychologist at the University of Birmingham in England, and one of the study's authors is interested in how animal models like the Guffin's uh, cockatoo can shed light on human tool use, especially in children. Mm-hmm. Most children by the age of seven or eight are using tools by the dozens. Think forks, remote controls, and iPads. Children are surrounded by tools. Uh, But Beck said human children often have trouble innovating with them. In fact, children under eight can really struggle to solve problems that cockatoos can master, uh, she said. Studying the abilities of non-primates to use compound tools might reveal important criteria for the evolution of tool use, end quote. So basically, they're just getting a more diverse um, knowledge of how different animals use tools yeah. in order to, you know... Help kids. Help kids. I love that. Yeah. Help out those fucking kids. Help out those kids use those iPads. <laughs> That's right. Better. Uh, <laughs> iPad better. Crazy. Have y'all seen kids with iPads? It's, it blows it's my mind. What yeah. are they doing? It's frightening as hell. Uh, But after the break, monkeys, a shit ton of virtual monkeys, help us finally answer the question. If there's a million of them and they have infinite time, can they produce the works of Shakespeare just by banging away 
at the keys of a typewriter. Amazing. What are the odds? Is it possible? Yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Please stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, a guy named Jesse Anderson answered a question for us. Amazing. Yes, we finally have the answer to a question. A question that's a close second to the question, what's the meaning of life? I I think I know the one. (laughs) I'm talking about this. Dr. Marissa, please tell us what question we're focusing on today and tell us how Jesse got started on it. Nothing would make me happier. All right. (laughs) From the 2011 blog post at (laughs) jesse-anderson.com. I already love the way this is going. Okay, quote, this project comes from one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, which has a scene where Mr. Burns brings Homer to his mansion. One of his rooms has a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters. One of the monkeys writes a slightly incorrect line from Charles Dickens. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. End quote. The joke is a play on the theory that a million monkeys sitting at a million typewriters will eventually eventually produce Shakespeare. And that is what I did. (laughs) I created a million, I created millions of monkeys on Amazon and put them at virtual typewriters. End quote. Mm -hmm. First of all, Jesse, you're a hero. Mr. Anderson. Yes. What a hero. Uh, Second of all, when you originally said the title of this, I was like, why is that image so like visceral in my mind. Why do I know exactly what she's talking about, but I can't pinpoint it? It's because it's a Simpsons reference. That's right, baby. Whenever, (laughs) there should be like a word for like a type of, um, what do you, what is that feeling when you think you've been somewhere before? Oh, deja vu. There should be like a Simpsons deja vu for when you see something and you're like, why is that so familiar? It's a Simpsons. (laughs) That's right. simpsons vu Yeah. mm -hmm. Simpsons, because there's like a whole generation (laughs) People who only watched it when they were kids. Yes. Yeah. And now I, we're adults and it, it's like deep in our minds. I know exactly the episode. I know exactly. I can see it playing out in my fucking head. I know exactly. Jesse, we see you. We, we see, see you, you. Jesse. We we're you. right here. Right. I'm making a hand motion of where we are and it's right, right here. Right here. <laughs> yes, my friends. He did it and was successful. But before we get into how the program works, uh, we need to take a moment to talk about all the other times people tackled this problem and it didn't work. Oh, a a lot of people have tried this? Okay. (laughs) Yes. And that's because this is actually a really difficult problem to solve. Let's get into it. From the 2011 BBC article, Virtual Monkeys Write Shakespeare, quote, Wikipedia mentions a 2003 project that used computer programs to simulate a lot of monkeys randomly typing. After the equivalent of billions and billions and billions of monkey years, the simulated apes had only produced part of a line, <clears throat> excuse me, part of a line from Henry IV, part two. I mean, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also in 2003, uh, Pageton Zoo carried out a practical test by putting a keyboard connected to a PC into the cage of six crested macaques. Oh. <laughs> After a month, the monkeys had produced five pages of the letter S and had broken the keyboard. And <laughs> Heroes. Those monkeys are my okay. mentor. Yeah, that's right. Break, if you can't, 
Fix break it. That's Fix right. the system. Break, break, it. It. break it. Break it. Break it. Break it. Right. Just like Figaro. That's right. Uh, Figaro and these monkeys. Uh, uh, they're our Liza. Kindred spirits. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Dr. Marissa, please give us another example of how and why this experiment seemed almost impossible. I would love to talk about it. <laughs> All right. From James Felton of LiveScience.com, quote, getting your hands on infinite monkeys is a bit challenging, uh, let alone hiring infinite zookeepers to clean up infinite piles of feces so computer programmers have attempted to so computer programmers have attempted to simulate the monkeys using random text generators. One of the first attempts in 2004 saw a tiny bit of success when one of the monkeys bashed out the phrase Valentine cease tolder uh, colon E F L P O F R the first part of which was in Shakespeare's The Two Gentlemen of Verona. I've never heard of that. <laughs> the simulated monkey uh, that took the simulated monkeys forty two billion one hundred sixty two million five hundred thousand billion billion years. Yeah. Did that Make any sense? Okay. Yeah, it's a long fucking time. It's a, yeah, it's a long, it's a really long time. <laughs> uh, the entire works of Shakespeare, it's fair to say, would uh, take a long time. End quote. There you go. So, okay, so basically they're, they're having text generators act as uh, virtual monkeys. Yes. And it's, it's not going it's well. It's not going well. It's taking a damn near impossible amount of time. So Jesse, Jesse was a smart little monkey himself. Oh. All of the programs that were being used in the past, they were only random text generators. They had no rules, no organization. So he designed a program that would still smash out words at random, but he kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Okay. Here's what I mean. First, Jesse had a million virtual monkeys sitting on Amazon's EC2 cloud computing system connected to his home PC. Okay. Now, each of those coded monkeys would regularly pump out random sequences of text, but those sequences would be limited to a maximum of nine characters in length. Okay. Then, each sequence would then be checked against Shakespeare's catalog of works, totaling nearly four million words. Wow. So, if a sequence matches, it's kept and helps complete a single work. If it's gibberish, or even if one letter is off, it's discarded. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this seems like a really good plan, right? I yeah. mean, the, the character limitation is huge. That's it's a, more yeah. refined. Yes, exactly. But still, there are 5.5 trillion possible different combinations of any nine characters. Wow. So, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, is this still a plausible plan? Let's talk about it, you guys. All right. Quote, Mathematicians said the constraints Mr. Anderson introduced to the project mean he will complete it in a reasonable amount of time. If he's running an evolutionary approach, holding on to successful guesses, then he'll get there, said Tim Hard Harford. Harford, <laughs> I got this, you guys. Popular science writer and presenter of the BBC radio show More or Less. And without those constraints, not a chance, said Dr. Ian Stewart, professor of mathematics at the University of Warwick. His calculations suggest that it would take far, far longer than the age of the universe for monkeys to complete, to completely randomly produce a flawless copy of the three million nine. 
695,990 or so characters in the works. End quote. I nailed it. Um, (laughs) You did. So basically his constraints help. Oh my God. A lot. Like he will be able to figure it out. Yeah. Limiting the characters from zero to nine. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Amazing. So, um, so on August 21st, 2011, Jesse turned everything on and let it all play out. And my friends, you fucking won't believe this. Oh my God. How long did it take to produce every word of Shakespeare's 38 plays with a million virtual monkeys? Dr. Marissa, would you like to guess how long it took? Yes. One trillion years. One trillion years. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay. Two months. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I'm so wrong. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> I thought it was it was going to get Oh, that's amazing. It's insanely fast with this one little fucking rule with the ninth. Anyway, that's right. A lifetime of work from a genius of sorts was produced in random order, but still was produced in 2 months by a million monkeys. Amazing. Fucking insane. Amazing. In two days, they completed slash created a lover's complaint. Okay. On August 26th, they created The Tempest. Oh. As You Like It on the 24th, Much Ado About Nothing on the 29th, and so on and so on. Incredible. Until, quote, the last work, The Taming of the Shrew, was completed at 2 a.m. Pacific time on October 6th, 2011. This is insane yeah this is insane you know when you first talked about this i really had no idea what that meant and now that i do i'm like this is wild absolutely crazy math people computer people (laughs) y'all are incredible yeah i love it um continuing the quote this is the first time every work of shakespeare has actually been randomly reproduced oh my god furthermore this is the largest work ever randomly reproduced it is one small step for a monkey and one giant leap for virtual primates everywhere. End quote. From Jesse Anderson's blog. There you go. Well done, Jesse. <laughs> Great job. Nailed it. There you have it, folks. Another reason to be terrified of AI. Yeah. <laughs> Two months. I was like, what does this mean for us? And then you just said it. It's, they're coming for us. And every writer, every screenwriter should just be terrified. We're not, we're not going to be needed soon. Enjoy the seamless while you can. That's right. So thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about how cockatoos can play miniature golf and how it's going to help your kid. Yes. At some point. So cute. <laughs> or just watch the fucking video. It's great. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's really, so really cute. It. And uh, please stay interesting. Please do.